bring it up for Ohio State. You've waited all day for this. He's going to take it to the house. 85 yards. Down the right side going Devin Smith. Got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. The one show that's nothing but the Buckeyes. Oh, and Graham for the touchdown. Kraft shoots it high on the right for three. This is the Buckeye Show. Six o'clock means Buckeye talk. Oh, what a day it's been. I, I swear. Timmy Hall here with you. Our guy Triple H back there. Let's bring in the round of applause. We only got a power hour here. Evil bald Colin. What's up, my man? Uh, Tim, I'm doing great, man. It's been a long day for both of us. It's been a fun day, though. It's been a fun day. Absolutely. There's been tons of news. And I was telling you earlier before the show came on when we were doing Rothman and Ice. I think it's the first time we haven't talked NFL until the drill, the two-minute drill at the end of the show for it's the, the first last time, segment. Probably since last summer, maybe. There's always something, There's right? There's always something. And you have so many days. You have pockets throughout the summer, and we do it on this show a lot. It's topic creation. It's doing some lists. It's throwing some magic fairy dust on something. Maybe recycling some old debates that still ring true today. Not on a day like this. This was wild. It's fitting that I went on the news today. To talk about some of the news that had nothing to do with the Buckeyes. We, we talked about the Cleveland Indians changing their name to the Cleveland Guardians. And yes, that's a true story. I didn't quite know that I was going on live. I thought it might be taped. I wasn't sure. I wasn't really asking a lot of questions. I just needed to know what, what to talk about, where to stand. And, uh, so that, I think that's in the, uh, that's in the dark black abyss right now, though. I didn't tape it and I, I, I'm sure. I'm sure that they're not going to throw that up on their website when it's all said and done. Well, so if they miss me at 5.15, then that, that's too bad. It's there's not coming be some back. some type of database, because I know for us, at least, we can go back at least, we at can least get a anything. month in the oh, past. We can go six to nine months back. It's probably yeah. more like that, but I've never gone back that far. But the, <laughs> but the fact there. of the matter is, is that we actually have a database where we can go back and pull out anything from anything we've aired. I got to imagine they got that because... I mean, we're going to go around and ask for it. I, I haven't seen it yet, so I need to see it. You saw it with no sound. You had the TVs back. I personally thought it was being recorded, too, so I wasn't watching at that moment. <laughs> he went, went to the bathroom, and then it was done. Honestly, yes. You know, it's uh, the, the, the business of sports is interesting as we get going here, because I, I, I usually I, I check ESPN.com, and I'm sure as you do, check all the, the different tabs for the different sports to see you know what news is rolling in. And you never would have seen this without a new agreement with where the the four letter was with the NHL more of a jacket specialty show coming up here at seven o'clock. It's big night, three first round picks. There's been rumors all day long. I'm sure JD and Yarmo have been working their butts off, whether they're going to make something happen or not. You know, they've been in discussions about anything today with trades and what could happen with Seth Jones, but ESPN.com to have the NHL draft on their front banner with everything that's gone on today. Good God, that tells you something about how things work, right? It's where yeah, the money things, is, you're going to push your product. Things definitely change pretty fast for them. But um, no, yeah, it's going to be exciting to watch that tonight. And I can't wait to tune in for the guys on Hockey Night in Columbus coming up after us. So, man, what a day when we get into the college football point of it. We'll, we'll start here before you hear from Ryan Day. And we'll talk about some of the players that were up there. You know, it was good to hear that the only reason Chris Olave wasn't at the event this week is because he was getting a second shot. Absolutely. So that's good. And hey, that's pretty prevalent in the news today as well. When you look at DeAndre Hopkins and Cole Beasley and the new protocols for the NFL, you just had a Minnesota Vikings coach today gone because he won't get the vaccine. And guess what? It's not up for debate with tier one. You have to get it or else you can't be there. 
Well, you and can't be on the sideline. You can't be yeah. on the field with the players and whatnot. Yeah. So uh, this guy, uh, Dennison, was uh, the coach for the Minnesota Vikings, an assistant coach. He is out. He refused the vaccine. Rick Dennison. You don't have any of that going on uh, right now that we've heard from Ohio State. But, of course, it's a different story. Nothing is required there. Everything has been encouraged. I mean, shoot, you've heard Ryan Day on PSAs encouraging every Buckeye fan even to get the vaccine. And of he said, he can't he tell said you today what to the do, majority but, of his team has already yeah, gotten it. Right, yeah. And he said that. And so that's a good look. And look, you, you just want everyone to be as healthy and as safe as they can be because with the Delta variant out there, you just don't know. You don't, at the, the last thing you want to see happen is to backslide and even come close to what you had in 2020. I don't think, even if all hell breaks loose, I don't think we're going to get close to what 2020 was like. You just don't want anything to happen to disrupt the 2021 season. You want it to be as full and complete and you talk about keeping it 100. You want every single football player available. And for the most part, I would enjoy it if the opponents were playing at maximum capacity as well so we could have a good, fair, and complete college football season. So hopefully we get to that. Yeah, I mean, one of the big things, though, is I know we haven't heard it from the Big Ten yet, but we have heard it down from the SEC where they could play forfeits into play. There would be no cancellations of that such. Right. So it's really even more important to stay on top of your stuff this year because you're not really just losing games. You're taking L's with it. Yeah, and you, that's that's the last thing that anybody could take, right? You want to at least, if you're going to lose a game, you want to go out and actually play the football game and go down with earn, a fight. Earn the L earn on the, the field. loss. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> really, maybe Rutger wouldn't want to do that. Maybe they just, you know, if they see that Ohio State on the road is coming up, they could just say... Ah, you know what? Just give us that red L. We'll be on our I way. Know, no man. bumps and bruises Shiano, to go along with Shiano's it. Shiano's a, l- a little bit different than oh, that. Oh, God. Yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. Greg Shiano now, uh, he's about his coach speak as it gets, right? Absolutely. Uh, what, that's a rah-rah what is guy. It? He's got his little phrase. Is it chop on or something chop. like that? We just got to chop, chop, right? Just chop. You know, Mark Mangino, back in the, the KU days, he was a sawing wood guy. <laughs> I, that's what I instantly thought of when, when I heard the chopping, mm-hmm. chopping wood. And I'm like, oh, that's sort of a... Uh, out of the Mark Mangino, the fat man book, then he would, sawing wood. Then he'd probably like Oregon State because I think their version of the turnover chain or whatever is the turnover chainsaw. And they'll actually oh play it there. Oh, my God. Have you not seen no, that before? No, I haven't seen this. I watched it on a random. They were playing Oregon late night. No one really Oregon saw State? it. Oregon State? Oregon. Yeah, the Civil War was the happening. Beavers. And it was like a rainy, wet night in uh, in I Corvallis. Think in Corvallis, I think it was. Oh, and boy, they were, spent a weekend there one day. Oregon was turning the ball over a ton, and they're just bringing that thing out and just revving it up, and it was awesome. Wow. They should just keep the chain in and everything. Full capacity. If someone drops it. It seemed like it, but... I, foots get chopped off, I whatever. Don't, I don't know a whole lot about it. So with Oklahoma and Texas, and this news just picking up steam, it just... It, you just wonder now where this is going to go for the Big Ten. <laughs> there's been there's been some people because you can say anything on social media. Did you know that? I mean, there's been sentiments out there about how feeling a little bit left out that it's not Ohio State trying to get into the SEC. It's just Texas and Oklahoma, and there they go. But hey, man, clearly with the SEC on the verge of locking in with Oklahoma and Texas, everybody else is now in a position where they have to move. And they got to move quick and they got to do it now. And I'm not just talking about where the reports were uh, with Kansas today. I saw our buddy Austin Ward. He wasn't quite so sure being there at Big Ten Media Days. Couldn't really verify that 
the Big Ten was having some phone calls or conversations with the University of Kansas about being a potential member or if that would even be a good fit. And a lot of people would argue because of their porous football, wow. we could have it a whole would not be a good Yeah, fit. we could have a whole yeah. discussion on that because I was going to bring that up to you and we on our Matt About Who's podcast. I was going to bring up because Kansas is so prominent in basketball and that's really what drives them and their motivations. Like what would they do because they would not keep their basketball program and what would be left of that Big 12. I just don't think they would do that. Yeah, and, and you and I will we'll probably do another, another podcast next week. We didn't get a chance to this week. It's probably going to look something in that sense like the Big East where mm-hmm. for basketball, a program like Kansas, I would think might get left out of the cold here. And depending on how this goes, we we spoke about it you know, on last night's show, and I really do believe you're going to a couple of big super leagues when this is all done because the conferences are they're just getting too big now to keep the to keep five of them up and running. I mean, the, the Big 12 will die like this is it was going to be it for the Big 12 a decade ago. There was a chance that Texas and Oklahoma left in. Right. They weren't going to be able to survive that. Right. The, the Big East already went bye bye for football. Now this is going to happen with the Big 12. There's just nothing left that is even remotely as valuable as Texas and Oklahoma. They're going to the SEC, so it's time to start looking beyond. It's time to beef up, call the ACC, call Notre Dame, see what's going on with them, and then go west. It's it's time to look all the way to La La Land. That's where you go. Regions be damned because yeah. it's not about that anymore. Well, West Virginia set that standard when they signed on with the Big 12. But they did. When, when I think about this topic, I always wonder what is the end game? And it just feels like the end game of this whole process is we mentioned it before the show is that we're going to have like probably two big mega conferences built like an NFL style and they're going to probably in the process separate from the NCAA. I think that's kind of what they're building out to be. ESPN reported yesterday that Texas and Oklahoma would likely owe the Big 12, listen to the dollar amount here, upwards of $76 million apiece to buy out the remainder of their grant of media rights agreement, which runs until 2025. A new agreement with the SEC, however, is likely going to make that price tag easily affordable for the two powerhouse programs. I mean, come on. We wouldn't have gotten to this point of the discussion if that buyout were a problem. Spending some money to make more money, that's just how business works. That's and they're, how it's always they're been also done. not going to sit in that league for four more years. No, so just not be gonna, awkward. no, they're not going to sit there and there won't be a league left. So it's it's going to be really interesting. There, uh, I'm reading here, several ACC athletic directors believe that their league would make a push in the next couple of years to add both Texas and Oklahoma along with Notre Dame. So... That's a that's a tough thing to wake up to. If you had delusions of grandeur that that was going to happen for you, and then poof, it's already been done. And one AC, ACC athletic director wondered whether this could be the first domino, as I was just alluding to, mm-hmm. leading to a massive shakeup that would ultimately result in a 32-team super conference. Just imagine. I heard Common Man and T-Bone talking about this on one of their earlier segments, too, where... Even though Dabo Swinney doesn't like the idea of professional sports, I think everyone's got to get it through their heads. First of all, this has been professional sports for a long time. Now it's it's even more professionalized because you're able to earn. I don't even think the uh, the moniker amateur should be associated with college ball that produces this kind of money. Exactly. It really shouldn't. You're making too much money to call the players that perform amateurs. Well, the biggest thing is like the NFL and the NCAA have always been in walking step and not referring to the NCAA as a minor league. But at the same time, we all 
aren't naive to it. We do understand that the talent is made here and then it progresses into the NFL. Uh, but no, I, I'm really interested to see, funny enough, building it into a almost a Power 4 conference as you could fit now get a champion from every the Power 4 into the current setup of the playoff, which is pretty funny. But uh, no, Notre Dame's an interesting scenario because I think the only way they can join a conference is through the ACC. I think through 2036, their grant of rights runs when they signed that back in 2016, because that's how they get the majority of their conference, quote-unquote, conference games. Well, that would cost a lot. It would cost, that a, would cost lot. a lot. That's a, almost a 20-year deal. That's a big deal. Yeah, it's 15 years into the future. That's not 2025. You're right. You make a good point with Notre Dame, and that's that's too bad because that one was always there. They have always been there, and they've always wanted to do their own thing, and keep their independence, and it's too bad that the ACC got a hold of them and not the Big Ten. Yeah, no, one thing I do want to touch on when we come back, though, is talking about our fan poll today, sponsored by Riker Kia, and it's Texas moving to the or the SEC along with Oklahoma. Which Big 12 team would you like to see join the Big Ten? We can kind of list some of those teams out and see who would be probably a good fit for overall, not just one specific sport, but the conference in general. Very good, Colin. We will do that. Evil Bald Colin is in here tonight. It's the Buckeye Show on the fan. The only workplace in America to participate in the doorknob fart game. And we also play office basketball and sometimes do radio. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. The home of Big Ten championships and future first rounders. You're listening to the Buckeye Show. Timmy Hall and my good buddy, Evil Bald Colin, in here today. CB, love Did- hanging out on Mad About Hoops. We'll do another episode. We, we had so much fun doing the Hoosiers episode. If you guys missed that, please go download and check out episode 49. If you're a fan of that sports flick, even if you're not the biggest fan, you still might want to check it out because we give it a pretty critical eye. We have the Nerd Association fellows in there, so Daniel Barnett and Hi Chops who I got to host with a little bit today as well. We're all doing it. Even my dad checks in. So you want to hear me and the boys talking with my dad who played high school hoops in Indiana? We gave Hoosiers a good glossing over. So anywhere you get your podcasts, check out Mad About Hoops. Check out the Buckeye show there while you're doing it too. Yeah, it was a fun time. I think talking about it was probably more fun than watching it. And that's not, and that's, that, is not, that, is not, that is not the bag on the movie. It was just how fun the conversation was. But it's okay. You you can have your thoughts about the movie. Well, you can hear what I said on the podcast. And I, and I understand it. I think, uh, to give you a little snippet, some of the guys might have been in the place where you can catch some of the scenes. And I do think that's the mark of you he- at least have to give it its credit, mm-hmm. pay it its due for being present and prevalent like it still is today for such an old movie. You can pull little scenes out of that movie, speeches, Jimmy, like, shooting the shots when Gene Hackman comes up to try to steal him back onto the basketball team. Things like that, and you can watch these on YouTube, and they'll pull you in, you know? You'll, like, oh, I got, I want to watch this one scene. Or, like, the uh, the my team's on the floor, where they only send four players back out there. And the rest, like, coach, you, you got a fifth guy right there. Yeah, he's not playing, though. Yeah, that made me a little frustrated watching that. I'm not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> you, don't, you don't like that old no, school move? No, no, I hated it. And then, yeah. uh, But no, I liked the it. Hinkle things are always going to stick with me. So that I really enjoyed that part. All right, so getting back to the college football, uh, you gave uh, you gave the poll again. So you got it in front of you again. Just read yeah, it one more yeah. time. Yeah, so the yeah. poll sponsored by Riker Kia is if Oklahoma and Texas move to the SEC, which is this is already pretty much an outdated question because it sounds like it is going to be a done deal. 
but which, pretend that they are. But yeah. pretend, which Big 12 team would you like to see join the Big 10? Is this a uh, Big 12 team that joined the Big 10? Is Baylor, Kansas, Oklahoma State, or West Virginia? Which of those four? Okay, so the basketball person to me is really like, I, I, I want I have to say West Kansas Virginia. really bad. Of that quartet, I have to say but West Virginia. But overall, yes, you have to go West Virginia. Now, let me, let me cheat on the poll question, too, <laughs> because I don't want to answer just that poll question. I would not want to go in and, and, and finish this endeavor with just West Virginia. You're not really, it, the business sense, you're not tapping into a great market there. It's West Virginia. Right. You have states like Texas that you're not in now where you have Baylor and TCU is not an option up here. I'm almost thinking with how TCU football is, if that's not the better pick Baylor hoops, of course, just won the national championship. But again, I think the the business side of this just really looks at football and it doesn't really matter how strong your basketball is when you're looking to make these moves that comes secondary well the actually the other trick question part of this is i think you need two teams to keep it even in terms of both sides right, of the division right so who would be next past west virginia i'd almost have to go baylor so you could get a dallas into the mix with that yeah so you get one of the big tv markets i i kind of want to cheat and take iowa state but i don't love it Iowa State, certainly if we're talking about their football prowess, they are the one, if that's what it's about. Yeah, but that's recently, and I mean, even that, the history of their football program isn't that great, but you would have the rivalry with Iowa, and then also they have a little bit of a regional one with Nebraska, that would be fun, but I I mean, in terms of the the talent we've seen over the past couple of decades, I would think you'd have to pick Baylor and West Virginia out of that group. Oklahoma State is a solid athletics program where their football's always pretty decent. They give you something on the basketball court as well. T Boone Pickens money. That goes a long way. And look, it's not everybody's gonna the hopes is how can we how how can you get the pot bigger, right? For all of the schools involved. What's going to help you win and blow up that TV revenue when the contracts come up? Bottom line is with just these teams that we're talking about, you are still going to lose, I believe, to the SEC. Oh, without a you doubt. You just are. You, I mean, you'd It ha- cannot you, be done with these Big 12 choices. Right, you'd have to steal from like the ACC and Pac-12 to even get close to matching Well, it. there might be the answer if we go into the future. As I said, you know, you, you saw that there was a an anonymous ACC athletic director in that ESPN article I was pointing to in the first hour how this could be a domino that, that goes to super conferences, right? And maybe it looks like two major conferences. You could have the winner of both conferences play for a national championship. You could still have expansion, an expanded college football playoff. It could just be formatted a little bit differently based on what happens. And then you could still have the luxury to go and schedule non-conference games. It's just the, the tradition is going bye-bye. That's going to take a while for people to adjust to. Yeah, I think the people that hold it close to them, like myself, yeah, it's going to be tough to lose. And it's, that's an unfortunate part of it. But what's funny is you're kind of referencing that failed attempt back, I think, in like 2011 or 2010, where the Big Ten and Pac-12 kind of discussed some type of a partnership where they would have what you were trying to allude to is that kind of crossover playing each other type of thing. Um, but no, I, I completely agree. You've talked about several times that geography is going by the wayside with 
how some of this realignment is happening. So why not take a stab at like a USC, UCLA, Oregon, whatever you want to go for? And you know, the other question to ask is, did it had to, did it have to be like this? It's almost like you can't, you can't put things back into the box, right? Like once you open it, it's done. Like you can't reverse time once you make all of these decisions. It's just going in one way. It's, what, it's basically a race at the top. Who can, why? Who like, can have the best? Why did it all have to be this way? Because it seemed like we had a nice little setup where you had some big brands spread out, sprinkled throughout the country. Once you lose Texas and OU, though, from the Big 12, like, that's it. Right? It's game over. Right. It's Every, over. Everything has to change. I do, this is the end game. It's the end game in the middle, all right? But Texas and Oklahoma happening and moving to the SEC, it is going to turn the college football world completely upside down. That's just going to happen. Well, the motivation is, in the end, it's the green dollar bills that they're bringing in. I know. Couldn't we but, have made all our money keeping yes, some but, of the, but think about the geographical process. regions? I, I feel there had to be a way. Enough smart people in one place. We could have figured yes. out how to still do that, but we're choosing not to, and we can't go back. Well, the two biggest eras of realignment is right now and then obviously back in the early 2010s where we saw different motivations back then. It was the cable boxes. Who can you bring in from the big markets to bring eyeballs to your networks and like Big Ten Network and whatnot? That's why obviously the Big Ten right. went and got people were buying into cities, Rutgers. right? Oh, we got to get into a city. Yeah, they bought into the cities and then obviously that backfired on them a little bit as cable started to die off a little bit. But there's different motivations along the way. But I mean, why would my point being is why would ACC the ACC not want to be in that city? You know, <laughs> like, why would they let them go is the thing. Maybe they wouldn't they just create their system to to keep those guys, not let that happen, persuade teams to stay. No, we got a good thing here. We'll fight them. We'll get we'll get our TV contract up to just w- what they're making. So everybody stay, hold on, and we'll be able to have our cake and eat it too. I'm sure they tried, but just the uh, the other offer just sounded did, better. Just didn't work. Better offers out there. Grass is greener. Well, we're going to see how green the grass still is in Indianapolis. Our buddy Patrick Murphy from 24-7 Sports and Bucknuts. He always joins us on a little Friday for some brews and Buckeye talk. And we will do that next. It's the Buckeye Show on the fan. News, opinions, and insight all before breakfast. Rise and shine with morning juice. Weekdays starting at 6. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. The show that knows how to throw a big, giant Buckeye party. You're listening to The Buckeye Show. Yes, you are. Happy Friday. Timmy Hall and Colin Berenger, Evil Bald Colin, hanging out with you until 7 o'clock where we will start getting ready for the Blue Jackets on an NHL draft night. Party on, Evil. Love it, man. Let's keep it going. And party on, Patrick Murphy from 24-7 Sports and Bucknuts.com. He had his couple of days out in Indianapolis, Lucas Oil Stadium, Big Ten Media Days. My goodness, there was a lot to talk about. Patrick, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad uh, Glad we're you know in the unofficial start of the season here with Media Days, and we don't kind of have to keep rehashing some of the, the same topics from off season. We actually have some real stuff to talk about. We do. Well, there, there was so much going on in college football, and we'll get yeah. the fine people some clips from Ryan Day. And the, the thing that I thought was most interesting from him some comments he made about name, image, and likeness. We'll get those in the next segment, and we'll get to that with you as well here. But what were you talking about with your media friends 
after you listened to all the coaches and all the players, what was the biggest thing, topic of discussion this week? Well, I think Ohio State's always big at, at this event, right? And, and obviously, um, from my perspective, from your listener's perspective, that's, that's the big story. Buckeyes are four-time you know, defending Big Ten champions. So there was talk about how other teams kind of get into that conversation, teams getting to the Big Ten title game maybe that haven't before. Um, you know, could someone else win the Big Ten East? Indiana, obviously, was, was the closest last year, but Penn State's done it before. Michigan obviously had their comments about uh, the rivalry. But I think that, um, you know, there's going to have to be a, a uh, you know, a renewed focus for Ohio State, and not that they don't have that every year, but I think this is going to be one of the tougher years in the conference. And I think that, you know, the Buckeyes have to, you know, not let any complacency creep in. I don't think they will. But, you know, you can definitely tell from the way guys were talking that, that there's a sense that somebody wants to come in and, and knock the Buckeyes off their perch, as Jim Harbaugh put it. Pat, every time we get some of these uh, media availabilities and whatnot, we always get a bunch of coach speak, and even Ryan Day admitted it on the podium. I want to ask you, was there anything that he said or maybe even the players said today that kind of raised your eyebrows a little bit? Not really. Um, like you said, these you know they, they bring three players that they know probably aren't going to to stir up any drama, um, you know, guys that, that have been in the program and kind of know this deal, Zach Harrison, Jeremy Ruckert, and Thayer Munford, um, you know, they were all really good interviews, but yeah, they were not going to say anything. Ryan Day wasn't going to say anything. Um, you know, he, he did say he'd like to have, uh, hopefully, the quarterback situation sort of ironed out a couple weeks into fall camp, which he hadn't put any sort of date on it. Now, he wasn't definitive about that, but that was something I think a little bit newsworthy. But for the most part, you know, it was it was a lot of the same talk, a lot about, you know, guys have to continue to get better. Um, you know, he, Ryan Day talked a lot about how young this team is. And, you know, you, we talk a lot about the guys coming back, but there's going to be a lot of contributors that are, are players who haven't seen a lot of football. And as he put it, you know, that, that doesn't let him sleep easy at night. So, um, yes, this Buckeye team is very good, but they're going to need these guys to get experience. And, and as Ryan Day brought up multiple times, uh, there's no room for error early in this season. It starts off with Minnesota. You go into that Oregon game um, before you even get to some of the uh, the non-Power 5 schools. So um, these guys have to be ready, the young guys especially. Patrick Murphy is joining us on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Products Fan Guest Hotline. And I'll, I'll bring you in on the discussion that we've been having for the first half hour of the show here. And it all centers around Texas and Oklahoma and what they are inevitably going to do. And boys, like I, I had to go back and look. I did not realize how much the ACC was getting its ass kicked in money. I did not realize it was that bad. For some reason, it just didn't resonate with me. Pat, I actually pulled up your article here, if, if, uh, if you can believe that, as I quickly did the Google search. And the latest figures were the Big Ten and the SEC just slaying the dragon. Pac-12 was then in there at $533 million. Big Ten was at $768 million. SEC, $728 million. And these were the most recent financial years where they could report their revenues. ACC was under $500 million. Big 12 was at four hundred nine, But the payout for the Big 12 actually put it third because there's less teams behind the Big 10 and the SEC. But when you hear all this noise and you hear about what the Big 10 is going to do, first off, what were you hearing while you were there this week? We heard that Kansas and Iowa State were some of the first two programs from the Big 12 possibly rumored to be making some phone calls and trying to see what's up with possibly getting into the Big 10. What have you been hearing there? Yeah, I mean, I think we're hearing similar things. There was also 
you know, reports out there that, that maybe the Big Ten would look to expand, you know, even further um, from a geographical standpoint. Would they look to, you know, go further out west um, and, you know, maybe even get some of the, the Pac-12 schools? Uh, you know, I think that seems a little far-fetched to me, but geography doesn't seem to matter for some of the conferences these days. Um, it's going to be very interesting what's going to happen because, you know, we, we've seen kind of the start of this realignment a few years ago, a uh, handful of years ago now. Um, when, when, you know, the Big Ten started to add some teams and teams started to move around. And could this finally be when you start to get those, those mega conferences, those 16, 18 team conferences? You know, I, I think the only thing we can do is kind of wait and see. But if you're the Big Ten, you don't want to be left out. Um, and I think you have to do a better job, especially from a football standpoint, of adding teams that can be competitive. And there's not a ton of those out there that also fit the Big Ten billing of an academic institution and whatnot. Um, but, you know, the, the Nebraska, Maryland, Rutgers, no offense to those programs, but it hasn't done you a ton um, on the football field now, you know, in, in terms of TV contracts, I'm sure it's helped. But, um, you know, I don't, I don't think, especially if these, these two teams in Oklahoma and Texas end up in the SEC, you don't want to be a conference that's kind of getting left behind in terms of adding top quality football programs. Pat, it was unofficially official, at least in my eyes, when we saw the photo come out of the top golf trip for the linebacking crew and Steel Chambers was in the photo. But uh, Ryan Day confirmed today that he's actually training with both the running backs and the linebackers. I want to see from your point of view, which side of the ball do you think he eventually ends up on or which one side of the ball do you think he makes more of an impact on? I think there's a possibility for him to make more of an impact at linebacker. Uh, if you look you know, just in terms of the, the, the guys that they have, the linebacker spot's pretty open. I mean, there's veteran guys there in terms of how long they've been in the program, Kayvon Pope, Taraja Mitchell, Dallas Gant, but not a ton of experience. So to me, that seems an easier path to playing time than you've got at running back where Master Teague obviously is, is going to be involved. Mayan Williams is a guy who's gotten a lot of hype this offseason. And then you just brought in two highly recruited freshmen to compete with, with Marcus Crowley um, as well. So, you know, I think that the linebacker position makes a lot of sense. He played it in high school. Uh, but, you know, it, from what they were saying today, he's sort of been cross-training at times. Um, it didn't sound like it was a done deal that he's moving to linebacker. He's still working in the running back room as well. But, you know, I think that if, if, that's, if, if the idea is to get on the field, I think that is his quickest time to playing time over trying to battle in the running back room where we've kind of already seen him and, and he hasn't been able to, to climb up that depth chart. I enjoy a good position switch. It's good. Sure. I like it, especially when you got, you know, a situation where somebody can get playing time and you're getting to that point in your career where it's either switch or never see the light of day. I I think it's an option to explore. We see it all the time in the NFL when guys just are stubborn and don't want to do it. Okay, that's going to be the end of your playing career soon. Then. I would think Zach Bourne's a good example. Absolutely. And I think Cade Stover, another guy on our team who... Is going to make that switch G. to. Scott. He has made that switch to tight end, right, Pat? Yeah, and G. Scott also moving That's over to right. tight end. Yes, of course. Crowded, crowded wide receiver room. Um, you know, a number of guys have done it throughout their career, and, and sometimes it's even done. You know, when they first get to Ohio State. I mean, even a, a Jeremy Ruckert was a wide receiver in high school who was always being recruited as a tight end. But he even said today he hardly, if ever, put his hand on the ground and lined up like he does as a tight end. Mm-hmm. So that was something he had to adjust to. So. Guys do it all the time, and I, I think if it can help your career and, and then help the team, it makes a lot of sense. Jeremy was so athletic, and when you watched his high school football film, I mean, he just he ran like a gazelle out there. That's really, I think, what he considered himself to be. Patrick, 
Uh, you're probably on the road heading back right now. This is absolutely the kind of day that ends with the cracking open an ice cold one because you've worked hard. So what are you going to be hunting for later this evening? Yeah, we uh, we did just leave. We just got on the freeway, headed out to Indianapolis. So it's going to be a little while until I get back. But, uh, yeah, I'm not sure what's in the fridge at home. Uh, my girlfriend has has been there the last couple of days by herself. So Uh-oh. probably filled with wine, actually. Uh-oh. Uh, I may have to make a stop oh, no. at home if, uh, to open a beer. You must have. You got to stop, man. You can't be having wine tonight. You need some suds. <laughs> got to get you some suds. We'll make it work. All right, Patrick. Always appreciate it, man. We got to hang out soon and uh, have a great one, okay? All right. Thanks, guys. All right. There he goes. Patrick Murphy, our buddy from 24-7 Sports and Bucknuts. By the way, we are broadcasting here in the Lindsay Honda Fan Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Just visit lindsayhonda.com. We'll go over some of the best tweets and grams. Also, you got to hear from Ryan Day. Like I said back there, I think he had some really interesting comments on name, image, and likeness. And I'm wondering how many guys will go for it. You'll get that next. It's the Buckeye Show on the fan. If you miss a Buckeye game, it's because your radio is in tune to the right place. Always and forever, your home for the Buckeyes. The fan. Ohio's sports destination. Social media can be a cesspool. Allow us to navigate the waters. Hashtag Buckeyes. This is what's so weird about today. <laughs> Miscommunication. <laughs> Timmy Hall and Evil Bald Gollum with you. We'll get you some Ryan Day clips in a second. Look at some of the things on, on social media. But he just said to me in the break, oh, we've got some eye emojis. Chicago Blackhawks tweeted some eye emojis. And there's so much news going on today. I was thinking, oh, they're sending out the eye emojis because everyone's going to come after them now to change their name because the Cleveland Indians just officially announced. No, that's not the thing. We've got this other thing where Seth Jones has been discussed in a potential trade to the Chicago well, Blackhawks for the so, last day or so. It's starting to sound like it's official now. And now it's sounding like it's done. That's what they were referring to. And now you've seen a report to back that up. What does it say? Yeah, basically pretty much every single outlet I can see. First, I saw it by Emily Kaplan of ESPN. It says Seth Jones is being traded to the Chicago Blackhawks. Sources tell ESPN. Oh, so he, he gone. We just don't know what it's for. We'll find out. He gone. Now. Yeah, you're not getting... Uh, I don't think you're going to be getting their star player. No. I don't think so. No. But we got a guy on the other side of the glass that would know better than us. Yeah, Triple H. Yarmo's good at deals, man. He knows how to make a good deal. So I'm excited about this. Who do we is need this... from Chicago? How do, how'd it go when we got Panarin? We gave him Artem Anisimov. <laughs> or no, we gave him Brandon Saad. Saad, yeah. Brandon Saad. That's right. Greatest. We ripped him off so hard. I don't know if I want one. I don't know, one of, know if I want one of their star players. I do, for sure. Debrinkat, he's solid. Debrinkat, yeah. I, Alex Debrinkat is the one big name that was mentioned. Doc was the other younger kid who's only yep. got a couple of seasons in him. No, he's got no seasons in him. He didn't play last year because of his hand. I thought he registered some games. May, it was, he was, he was like injured, but I few. He might have played like a few games. He it was got it was a, it was just a couple. He didn't yeah. really he didn't get a full go of it. You're right about that. He's solid though. He's solid. I'd take him or Debrinkat. All right, before we share some of our uh, our tweets and our grams about the Buckeyes before we get out and we get to the hockey night in Columbus, I'm sure Bob McGilligot is listening to this right now and he's like, just let let me talk 
the hockey. Let me let me discuss that when we get to the show. And Bob, we will be there shortly. Believe me. Um, by the way, we here at the Buckeye Show are brought to you by our friends at Moo Moo Express Car Wash. That's the home of the Unlimited Wash Club. And here's some thoughts. Well, real quick, because yeah. this is hashtag Buckeyes, correct? And we do stuff with the social media aspect. Yes, absolutely. There is one thing I want to bring up, because this was being reported the other day that uh, Kevin Warren discussed about the possibility of rotating the location of the title game for the Big Ten Championship. Yeah, we didn't really. We discussed that briefly yesterday. Right. But, but we did have a Buckeye way in it, and I completely agree with what he said. Dewan Jones says, who wants to watch a game in the freezing cold? Keep it in Indy. I agree. You could also move it to Detroit and play it up there. But yeah, who wants to go out in December in Soldier Field or MetLife Stadium is the one that I heard talking about over in New Jersey. Like, who wants to do that? It's going to be freezing cold. Keep it in a dome. I saw uh, Zach Smith, everybody's favorite, right? He tweeted something. He said, boy, Ohio State better jump ship from the big quick or become the victim of this super conference and soon to be alternative to the train wreck that is the NCAA. See, no. The Big Ten and the SEC, the Big Ten, we just looked at the latest figures. They were ahead of the SEC. They've kind of been flip-flopping here. And yes, yes, they do surge ahead. I'm not going to deny that. They surge ahead with the acquisition of Texas and Oklahoma. But that doesn't mean that you just close up shop and that the whole Big Ten, if anything, they are the other one that's viable. The ACC, as we just alluded to, the Pac-12, and now the Big 12 is is bye-bye. Just wave their train has just left the station. Yeah, I think, and it's like Back to the Future, where it's it's the end of the track and it goes into the ravine. Yeah, that's go, where the Big I go back to our going. theory. If anything, it's going to be the Big Ten adding on more teams and becoming that second conference to battle with them. The other hashtag I'm looking at: look uh, at the tournament. They got a cool handle there on Twitter. Oh, yes, do not forget nine o'clock tonight. Big Daddy Paul Keels will be. In the chair on ESPN. You want to talk about the having, big boy? You want to talk about having crew. a day? Yeah, he had a day. He was in Indy. Now he's back here, Cavelli Center. Pretty cool deal. Uh, check it out if you think you're interested in going. That's cool. It's on the campus. So the Ohio State alumni, te- ta- alumni team taking on a MAC alumni team, and Ron Lewis is actually on that MAC alumni team that they're going to play tonight. Did not know that. DJ That's Cooper cool. from OU and Ron Lewis is on that team here is what I wanted to give you before the end, Ryan Day, talking about name, image, and likeness. And he was hoping that the wealth is going to be shared among players. Listen to him. I do think that we need to consider down the road, somewhere along the line, maybe it's a year from now, figuring out how we spread some of that money out. You know, because certainly the quarterback at Ohio State is going to have unbelievable opportunity. You know, the wide receiver, the running back, there's going to be certain positions when you combine the brand of Ohio State, you combine the brand of Ohio State football, you, you combine the city of Columbus with our social media presence, it's like the, the perfect alignment. And so the opportunity for our guys is going to be unlike anywhere else in the country. However, you know, how do we find ways to make sure we disseminate that throughout the team? Because you know, there's a lot of guys out there who are also playing football. There's guys who are blocking for the quarterback. There's guys who are covering the wide receivers. And uh, while it's tricky and I don't really have quite the answer, I know that there's got to be some sort of formula down the road that we can consider. Really interesting. I, I get where he's coming from. That is a nice thought, like to think about the team as a whole and that no man is more important than the other. But then again, this isn't just a paying players type of system. You hear about Bryce Young, because of what he's done, might be worth a million dollars before he's thrown a pass. I don't know if you just make guys share their money. I don't know if that's ever done anywhere. Well, if, if we were, Will remember, you give me some of yours? Well, <laughs> 
<laughs> no thanks. That, uh, but, you but, see, you're good, right? Yeah, George, I'm, I'm straight. I, I believe the Georgia law and what schools could do is they could take a certain chunk or a percentage of what a player earns and yeah. redistribute it. But I don't think they're going to do that. And obviously, we saw a lot I of don't Georgia either. schools, and that's not going to go over well if they to. do. Absolutely not. That's the bigger point. If they try to do that, that's not going to go over well. And it'd be a horrible, you're going to be back to the place where you were, where things aren't fair. And why are you doing it that way? It would be used against you in recruiting. It absolutely would. 100%. So it's just kind of the way things go. But I did like hearing that Chris Olave is good. He was getting his second vaccination shot. That's the only reason he was there. Jeremy Ruckert was there. And, you know, Ruckert's going to enjoy an experience like this. And he had a good time. So did Thayer Munford. And so did Zach Harrison. I'm looking forward to all three of those guys and what they do. Boy, what a day. What a day. Triple H, thank you. Evil Ball Colin, thank you, man. It was a great time, man. I had fun. Yeah, wild one. Have a fantastic weekend. I hope all of you guys have a safe weekend. Hockey night in Columbus gets you ready for the NHL draft next. If the sound of another man slammed against plexiglass turns you on, you've come to the right place. Proud to be your home for Jackets hockey. The Fan, Ohio sports destination.